We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about itty bitty podcasts. A podcast. Very many Monday chunkies. I'm Carter. That was cha- that was challenging for me to sit through. I'm Dosh. And nobody asked. I'm Jordan. Yeah, and you, that's true. You only heard the half of it. You only heard the yeah. half of it, though. Maybe it'll come full circle. When I hear your half, maybe it'll come full circle. It's like two negatives make worse. a positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably worse. Uh, let's go straight into, on this mini Monday, talking about Miss Marvel. I have to say, okay, it feels... Uh, like a bit of a letdown because our last mini Monday, which was a ton of fun and themed and all that, was because you can tell the amount of effort we put into certain things like this based off of how much we enjoyed it. How much we like something. Yeah. So here's what's happening. And I think, of course, the MCU has everything to do with if their shows aren't doing well, but it feels like they knew to an extent. We're into episode five of Miss Marvel and it's, it's losing a little bit of heat. I think it started oh really goodness. strong. Nothing has been produced as well as the first episode. Right. I think they Correct. I felt teased a bit. I would say the first two. I think the first two episodes yeah, were yeah, on yeah. par with as, each the other. The first I do remember especially being way more creative with with our yeah, text dude. and all we that. We had all this stuff. cool editing and all this cool overlay stuff. And it yep. was very Scott Pilgrim, Edgar Wright, really vibey and cool. And then we just completely abandoned that. And now we're yeah. just telling like a mediocre superhero story. This was yeah. this was fifteen minutes of television stretched into thirty eight. Oh minutes my of gosh, one hundred percent. That's really the was. Disney thing, right? I'll like, tell you we've this. seen that with a ton of these Disney Plus shows. Yes, not just Marvel. We've seen that with Star Wars too. They where they have this idea for this could be a two and a half hour movie, but instead let's make it a six episode series with a bunch of filler. Yeah, I, it's I unfortunate. Think that what we're what we're seeing a lot of too is. And, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm, I'm just speaking about the, the Marvel TV shows at this point. We're going to keep full MCU discussion for our Thor because that's a different thing entirely. But just for the TV shows, it really seems like it's the, the Star Wars problem is happening to Marvel, which tells me that it's actually a Disney problem. And I think yeah. what the Disney problem is, if I had to guess, is they're buying franchises that had clear vision at one point letting them finish out their clear vision under the name Disney and everybody's going, man, Disney's crushing it. And then when Disney gets to the end of what was already planned, they go, now it's our turn. And they have no idea what to do. And they make Pirates of the Caribbean 4 and 5. Right, exactly. Exactly. I think in in the the big grab bag of all the MCU show-specific content we have now, I think Moon Knight becomes more and more of an outlier to me because really the successful MCU shows have been the ones where characters have already been uh, introduced in movies like Loki, like WandaVision. Like we are already getting some of these characters before and they're highly produced. And you can kind of tell too, even Hawkeye, you can kind of tell by the money that they're putting into marketing what they think will do well. Like our yeah, yeah. our test team said, yeah, this one's going to do really well because we don't hear too much about Miss Marvel before mm-hmm. it comes out, and it kind of mm-hmm. drops out of nowhere, like the Book of Boba Fett did, because it feels like yep. they knew that too. But this yeah, is better than the Book of Boba Fett. I'll at least it say is that, better than the Book sure. of Boba Fett. But better I would than say Kenobi too. This makes Moon Knight stand out more to me. I think Agreed. my biggest issue is really similar to what Doge said in terms of things just getting spread out. It also feels unfortunate too that it does. It just Mad feels like bad time. It feels like. <laughs> bad time management in general because it felt like there were going to be important themes here in this episode. Yeah. yeah. 
like this connection to the past and uh, oh, wow, we're doing this whole like full circle. It was you all along. There's kind of like this time loop kind of thing going on. And yeah, which uh, the time I, I loop is know. is notably not how time travel yeah, works. Hold on. Last let's, time we introduced that into the MCU. Yeah, Jordan is the rule boy. Let's get to time. Let's get the time loop in two seconds. I want to talk a couple positive things. I don't want to just be completely negative on this episode of Miss Marvel. I do want to end, if that's okay, by talking about the time loop because I'm sure, sure. we all have a lot of thoughts about that. I do want to say. Still, to this point, episode five, I would say three, four, five have all been, I would say they went from one and two were great, three was good, four was okay, five's pretty bad. That, that's my rating of the episode so far. However, Kamala and her mother specifically are still shining stars. Their yes. relationship is great so relationship. good. Great relationship. They have like on-screen familial chemistry in a really cool way, and I find them both very endearing. I think the show remains cast really well and Agreed. acted really well. Agreed. Aisha? Yeah. That whole storyline, I would have rather had a full episode of that. I was captivated yeah. by that. I was really, really invested in that story for the, what, 20 minutes the we got thing, it? The thing with these Disney shows, the Disney Marvel shows, uh, that I think Moon Knight avoided is that they all fall into the most vanilla way to tell whatever story you tell. Yes. I think that uh, the reason we liked the first two episodes of this is because they were they were interesting from a technical standpoint. Yep. But the most vanilla way to tell this story is to have a 25-minute flashback of Aisha and use that to explain the Trail of Stars. I right. think if this were like a network program, if this were on something else, maybe by a company who's more familiar writing television, we could have had dual protagonists the whole show and built toward a moment where we've been following Aisha, we've been following Kamala, mm -hmm. and then the moment their two stories intersect. Like we talked about last week when we talked about Stranger Things 4, having that pacing of concurrent storytelling happening at the mm -hmm. same time, that is a hallmark of modern television. And that is virtually completely absent from the Disney Marvel shows, except in Moon Knight where we have the concurrent stories happening because we have a protagonist who is multiple people. Right. Yeah. No, it's a good point. I think that's a really good point. It's just the most boring way to tell that story, man. It is. And it has, the show itself has abandoned all of its charm that made it cool. And yeah. so not only yeah. is it the most boring way to tell the story, it's the most boring package to deliver said story in now. It's just exactly. a regular show now. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk, let's talk time travel. Let's talk it. This is... This is just the way they're trying to do time travel here is simply Prisoner of Azkaban. It's, inter thing, it's yeah. interstellar. Yeah, it the, happened the because it's always happened. Right. The moment of, wait, no, you're supposed to save them was 100% Harry standing and watching the lake and going, <laughs> my dad's coming any minute. It's, Except yeah, but it's in Harry's Harry Potter, yeah. when Harry steps up and saves himself, it's like emotional and cool and powerful. And in this, it's just a plot contrivance. Yeah. Um, by the way, I just want to say, I don't know how letting uh, her great-grandmother step on circles six inches above the ground told her how to use the bangle. Yeah. Yeah. That scene was pointless. It was bad. And nobody reacted to the magic happening in front of them either. So that's just a <laughs> yeah, terrible right. scene. <laughs> because everybody was like, this scene has to happen because in the last episode when Kamala was blasted to the past, we knew what was going to happen. So we mm -hmm. got to do it. And then we get back to what we're really doing. Right. Yep. Um, but the, the whole time travel scene, you're right. It, it, it doesn't respect how time travel has already been done in the MCU. It doesn't make any sense for how time travel would work in the first place. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just lazy. It's just a lazy yeah. way to let Kamala see her, well, see Aisha. Especially, especially when not even a year ago, we had an entire show about people who travel around in time and mess with timelines. Yeah. That was very clearly laid out, especially when a little right. over three years ago, we had a movie where the entire point was that time is not a closed loop, that we can travel back in time and actually beat Thanos this time. Yeah. This just felt so... It's because I think they're having to just do so much back-end work, so much leg work, turn the story upside down and inside out to remove the fact that Kamala is an inhuman in the comics because we don't want her to be an inhuman here and we want her to have different powers here. So we're inventing basically a new superhero, alter ego for Kamala Khan. And it just, I don't know, man, it's getting so messy. Yeah, I feel like there's such a value in simple storytelling and I don't know if it's standing out more because we do see really complicated plot lines be pulled off. Because you could look at the MCU all the way up to Endgame with like the Infinity Gauntlet and be like, man, I can't believe... I remember watching Endgame and being like, wow, they did it. That's unbelievable how they put all these things together. But really the core of that entire, all those phases was just bad guy trying to collect all the stones put in major weapon. Yeah. Now the multiverse is really messy and it's coming alongside all the show content. And yeah. so it's just like, well, oh I, no. I think, man, I think they have no plan. I think this is the Duffer brothers saying we wrote all five Stranger Things at the same time. I think they've got no plan. <laughs> well, I am inclined to agree that they currently, maybe permanently, I'm starting to worry, but I, I think they currently have no plan for what to do with at least the TV shows. Yeah. 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 Um, if we're wrapped up with Miss Marvel, this is a good segue because Doge did mention the Duffer Brothers. So the Duffer Brothers, in some recent news, uh, are launching what they're calling Upside Down Pictures with Netflix. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Mm-mm. So essentially like a production company uh, that starts with like the spinoff that they have from Stranger Things. And you kind of talk about how sometimes things can get diluted when we get so much of it. I think there's so many good creative people in the world that are willing to work in the movie business and people are willing to fund that because it'll make money whether it's good or not, that there's just so much content. Here comes another Lord of the Rings thing from Amazon. Here comes another Game of Thrones thing and then probably another one now because we've announced Kit Harrington's back right, yeah. for snow and it's just like, well, let's just tell the story a million times over. Right? Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of ideas that the Duffer Brothers have and have basically gotten the green light on. One of them, Doge, includes working with... Steven Spielberg on oh, cool. uh, adapting Stephen King's The Talisman. So they're going to do a movie what? there. I did not know they're, this. That's amazing. They're going to come through and do uh, a new adaptation of Death Note, the Japanese mm-hmm. manga anime. Uh, and then they're also, there's going to be a uh, the, uh, British stage play set within Stranger Things, which is just strange, yeah. no pun intended. Weird. So... It's just happening everywhere, and the Duffer Brothers, it doesn't take much, right? They had, season one was so good that they were given grace for two. They were given, okay, one more shot, it feels like, even though they said they wrote five. And then four comes, and now it's it's a billion dollars, right? It's like, right. you did it, we need to do this. And I think this is a little bit of the backlash of competitiveness with streaming platforms. A big thing that happened in the Willis home recently is, you know, we're trying to get money... Uh, we're trying to tighten a grip a little bit more on budget. And so we're done with Netflix. We said we're out on Netflix. I watched Stranger Mm. Things and picked Hulu back up because I was like, all the content's here. 
And yeah. we like sprinkle in Apple TV. It's like, well, yeah. they're doing great stuff too. And Netflix just feels like it's hurting. There was like a, hey, are you sure there's all these great shows? And honestly, <laughs> it was, I was back to cable TV at 11 p.m. I was like, I don't want to watch any of this. Yeah. yeah. I've seen this before and this does not interest me <laughs> at all. So Netflix is trying to make big moves like that. Understandably. Yeah. Uh, a few more announcements. There's been some fun trailers come out. We talked about in uh, one of our episodes last week things that we were looking forward to. I think that was one of our questions for what's in the box that we're anticipating. And The Glass Onion was one of those. Ryan Johnson's second installment in the Benoit Blanc franchise. We had Knives Out and now Glass Onion. So it's so funny when things happen. It's like Ants and Bugs Life. Uh, the Illusionist and Prestige coming right. out at the same time. Armageddon Deep Impact. There's a couple murder mystery trailers that dropped this last week. And I don't know if y'all heard about those. And they're fun and usually a good murder mystery, uh, even if we're doing kind of Kenneth Branagh's Poirot, is going to have an ensemble cast. And so yeah. I want us to not necessarily compare the two, but let's talk about these two movies. <clears throat> the first, have you, did you hear about either of these? The first was See How They Run. Okay, and so we've got a desperate Hollywood film producer sets out to turn a popular play into a film. When members of the production are murdered, a world-weary inspector and a rookie constable find themselves in the midst of a puzzling whodunit, right? Mm. So it just feels like uh, there's a little bit of Wes Anderson vibe, I think, when I watched this trailer. But it's Tom George is the director, and I always look at director, and we've mentioned that before because that feels very important to me for storytelling. Uh, and he hasn't really done a lot that would be familiar mm -hmm. To most people, but let me read through this cast. So here's our main two. Our inspector is Sam Rockwell, who I sure. love. Phenomenal yep. character actor. And our constable is Shursa Ronan. Sure. Uh, which a pairing that I'm totally down for. We also have Adrian Brody in this, Ruth Wilson, uh, who uh, has been in a lot of really good British television, mm -hmm. David Oyelowo. Uh, um, Tim Key from Taskmasters in this movie. Oh. Tim Key from Taskmasters <laughs> in this that's movie. That's why you're excited about it, Carter. And that's, oh, that's funny fun. because uh, some of Tom George's work has been with comedians. And so mm -hmm. he's worked with a lot of those okay. people that are on the Taskmaster uh, train. So see how they run. Looks fun. It is doesn't really have a date yet as when it's projected to be out. It says September. So September cool. sometime. Okay. Then we have Amsterdam. Oh, I saw this trailer. Is, I did see this trailer. Is one that I had caught wind of because I love David O. Russell. Silver Lines Play Playbook is one of my favorite movies. Uh, I kind of like seeing whatever he decides Christian Bale is going to do next <laughs> uh, in the movies that he does. And this one looks incredibly interesting. And the cast is one of the most ridiculous ones I've ever seen. But this yeah. is loosely based on a true story. Set in the 30s. Three friends who witness a murder become suspects themselves, uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. So our main three friends are, uh, judging off of the trailer, but he's way down the cast casting list, is John David Washington, Margot Robbie, and Christian Bale. Cool. Uh, but then we also have Anya Taylor-Joy, Robert Downey, or sorry, Robert Downey, Robert De Niro, <laughs> Zoe Saldana, Timothy Oliphant, Rami Malek, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers. It's unbelievable. Taylor Swift, Chris Rock. Uh, see, I wasn't actually wasn't going to see it until I heard that Taylor Swift was in it. That see, I was like, I knew that my that favorite actor of all time. I have to see it. Favorite I like actor the part of all she's time. In she was great in Cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, November, so September, October, November, and I also think that is Glass Onion this year as well. I don't know. Feels like they'd be pushing it if it was. That'd be they've yeah, got less could than be six a, months. It could be a fall full of all all that stuff. Uh, but yeah. I believe Glass Onion is this year. Yeah. So that's a blast. Maybe Mister E will have. Mm. All new releases. 
Son of <laughs> son of Mr. E. Son of Mr. E. But I think that's always fun. And it's just amazing to see how much work a lot of these actors do in Hollywood. Because I know Margot Robbie is also on set for the Barbie movie. Yeah. And I know Christian Bale obviously wrapped on Thor Love and Thunder, which I haven't seen yet. And these guys have much appreciation to those good friends out there that see the highly anticipated movies and give you no read at all. It's like I'm playing poker and I know they're better than this. Uh, they're, <laughs> it's, my, they're doing, it's my skill set. I just want to turn off their videos, but they're doing fine. Uh, last trailer I want to talk about before we go to our ad break. Have y'all seen the trailer for The Woman King? No. No. So The Woman King is a historical epic inspired by true events that happened in the kingdom of Dahomey. It's one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th century. Our lead here uh, is the great Viola Davis. Mm. I would watch this trailer. Cool. I it, it looks like a semi-war epic film, um, but it looks pretty phenomenal. Our director is Gina Prince-Bythewood, uh, and she did... Uh, probably most notably, and she's been around for a long time, she wrote Love and Basketball. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's one of my favorite. No, I saw Love and Thunder. Sports movies, Secret Life of Bees, Old Guard. So she's done a lot of oh, action yeah. slash This cast, cool. man. John Boyega. Uh, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Bulger is Isaiah cast. from Peaky Blinders. Yep, yep, yep. That's so fun. also looks fun. If you want to get your heart rate up, get some of the, the BPMs high, I would watch the trailer for. Dude, she looks uh, so scary in that, the that still that's on IMDb where she's like running she can, with a sword. Viola Davis is I think she can do anything. Control. Yeah. yeah can can control. we confidently say that she can do anything? Because I think she can do anything. I, I think, think she this can photo do of her, she can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely anything. And it's so fun too for someone, an actor her age, to basically be playing like the William Wallace of a movie. Yeah. Like, way to go, Viola. Uh, let's take a quick break and make some money. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Before we get into games, Ooh. a little bit of a sad note. We lost uh, a big movie star, uh, James Caan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, died at the age of 82, most notably uh, his role in The Godfather in Saga. Elf, yeah. Beating the crap out of a guy uh, in, in an alleyway. In Elf. He and did that in Elf. Elf. And yeah, and he played basically the same character. Same character, yeah. In yeah. both movies. Uh, in honor of him, we'll celebrate those stars that were born. And so I want to talk about, there's no, there's no hot birthdays today, but we've got some good birthdays for tomorrow. So for those of you Thank chunkies, goodness. That, that like these actors and actresses and want to pay them homage or send them gifts, uh, we'll have the address in Discord if you want to send them anything. We don't have that. 
but we give you plenty of time to celebrate them. So I have th- uh, three actors today, actors or actresses. And for those of you that have not heard of A Star Was Born, uh, I give them the date that this person was born, which obviously was tomorrow, how old they are, uh, and then how many credits they have on IMDb. And so these boyos uh, get to randomly select one of this list of credits and based off of three guesses, try and guess who the actor or actress is. Are you ready? Yeah, I mean, it's the reason I woke up today. It's the reason you woke up. Our first actress was born July 12th of 1990. So she will be turning 32 years old and she has 45 acting credits. Where would y'all like to start? 40. Feels good to me. Yeah, I like that. Elena of Avalor, TV series. It looks like it lasted one year. Not familiar with that Can I ask you if that is animated? Uh, You can, and it is. Okay. I feel like we should go back further. Sure. Into the past. Sure. What do you think? Sure. Maybe perhaps 22. Yeah. One second. Okay. I'm obsessed with you, but you've got to leave me alone. That's the name of something? Mm-hmm. That's not a name. That's just a sentence. Sorry. Ugh. How about 35? Right in the middle. Sure. Jordan, do you agree with that? You're just kind of... Yeah. Do you have any... Okay. Let's go 35. 35. 50 States of okay. Fright. Okay. That's a TV series short. We don't want to do that. The, cour- the Courier. That one's tough too. The what? Courier. Turning 30 years old. 32 years 32 old. 32 years old. This feels like this. Uh, she must be a Disney Channel person. This feels a Disney Channel career trajectory to me to do a bunch of weird stuff, including voice of uh, Avalor of Ev- Evelyn, whatever. This, that animated show. What's that show called that you said she was in? Uh, sorry, I was looking down at other things. It is called... It doesn't matter. I've never seen it. Elena of Avalor. Yeah. Okay, so I know that Margot Robbie is 32 because I just recently looked up her and Ryan Gosling's age difference. I don't know when in 1990 she was born, but I do know Margot Robbie's 32 and she's in a lot of stuff. It's not a very Disney trajectory, and I don't know that she's ever done an animated kids thing. So, yeah, I can't, can I tell you I what I first see her saw doing this voice actress acting. on? Sure. Yeah. House of Cards. Okay. So, I think it's probably. That's a Disney show, right? It was on Disney Channel. <laughs> I think it is probably uh, Maisel, Rachel. Um... Rachel Brosnahan. Mm-hmm. Is she that young? That makes me feel bad about myself. I think she is, yeah. Dang it. Because of the successes of a 32-year-old? <laughs> well, yeah, because that's only like four years older than me. And four well, years there, ago, she was no already doing Miss There's no way Kate Mara is 32, nor is there any way Kate Mara was first seen by Carter in House of Cards. So I think it has to be <laughs> Rachel Brosnahan. Because nobody right. watched House of Cards the past season two anyway. Right. So it's got to be first two seasons. I think it's Rachel. It just was unbelievable to me that Kevin Spacey could play such a monster. I just didn't seem realistic. <laughs> Dude, unbelievably spot on. Like after <laughs> the stuff was released about him, I was like, like, oh, he oh, wasn't gross. acting. He was just oh, being himself. He definitely, he was just playing the person. It was just Kate a documentary. Is seven years older than today's birthday. Yeah, it's Rachel. Okay, it's Rachel, Rachel Brosnahan. Brosnahan. Rachel Brosnahan. 
Lock it in. Lock it in. <laughs> is, is her birthday. <laughs> Lock it in after the answer. Yeah, that makes me feel uh, horrible about myself. Do you guys born think- Born in Milwaukee. Could I get, could I no. be on an Amazon show bigger than Mrs. Maisel by the time I turn 32? No, no. Will you guys help yes. me make our podcast good enough that we are sure, more we famous try. than her by the time I'm 32? Yeah, we can try. Sure. We can give it a shot. I don't think, <laughs> I bet there's two podcasts with people more famous than Rachel Brosnahan. Just <laughs> well, there's, a, and there's about Joe to be Rogan. three. About to be three. <laughs> Born in 1978, same birthday, July 12th. This actress has 54 credits. So I know that their first credit is not Star Wars because that came out the year before they were born. Good job. Yeah. Just a helpful marker for us. This person is 44. 44 tomorrow. 54 credits. Where do we want to start? How do you feel about 50? Love, I love a 50. Let's do 50. F9, the fast saga. Right up my alley. Hmm. Right up my exhaust. Just trying to think of a car my word. Owie. That makes it sound like the movie went on my butt. Light up my owie. Okay. Okay. Michelle Rodriguez. It's a good chance. There's a great chance. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of ladies in those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. It's evened, evened pretty, pretty majorly. Let's go. Yeah. Mm, let's say tw- 26. 26th credit. It was Machete. This is Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Let's let's run. Let's out try the to clock land here. on. Let's try to land on Avatar. Thirty-seven. I think that's way too late. But yeah, thirty-seven. Wait, how many credits? How many credits total do they have? Fifty-two. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Thirty-four. I think Just, she's done twenty movies in the last thirteen years. Thirty-four. <laughs> Machete kills. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michelle, wow. this is Michelle. it's Michelle Rodriguez. This is Lenny. happy birthday, Texas native, San Antonio born. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. Michelle Rodriguez, her fourth, so her third credit ever was the Fast and Furious, immediately followed by Resident Evil, and then Blue Crush. She wow! Was just, wow! Michelle, she was out here. She was doing it. And now she all was a she Marine's does is voice. She was a Marine's voice in Halo Two. Yeah. The tracks that feels on brand. Wow, uh, Avatar was her twentieth. Wow, her twentieth credit. Done a she lot. Did since Avatar. Uh, she did Avatar. I think right after her character died and lost. Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> has had quite a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's been in a lot. And uh, if you were to say fifty four, that would be Fast X, which okay. is the current in production. She also has another movie wrapped recently, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting about that. Is that rap. is that a Vin project as well? I don't. There's think no so. way. He's a huge D and D guy, so I was just curious. Is he though? That's a, that's that. what I've heard. Is that Vin Dungeons Diesel and Dragons is- Honor Among Thieves? Hmm. Uh, huh. Oh, Sophia Lillis, Chris Pine, Hugh Grant. Yeah, it's a pretty Michelle great Rodriguez. Cast. Wow, what is happening? What is that? All Who's about? the director? Let me look. Uh, it's a pairing here: John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Wait, I know John Francis Daly. He's a- oh yeah, he's an act. He's an actor. Yeah. He's like a goofy kid mm-hmm. in like all the coming of age movies, the high school movies. Yeah, dude. I don't even think he's directed. Oh, before. he wrote Spider-Man: he Homecoming. Write Homecoming. My guy. What? He's three years older than me, and he doesn't even look it. You have three years to write a movie. 
Dang, I think I can do that. I think so. Our last We're getting birthday. an interesting insight into the way Doge sees the success of other human beings as a threat. <laughs> Doge, yes. Doge watches last- other people succeed and goes, ah, ah, no, no, you must <laughs> Only fail. Me. Only me. You must. I don't want to so do good is- things. I just want other people to do bad things. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez, born 1978, correct? Is that what yeah. you just said? Yeah. Yeah. Same, born the exact same day. Get out of town. Twins This confirmed. actor, July 12th, 1978. This actor. This actor's has 42, wait, 44. Wait, has 58 credits. What a similar career these two have. Or is, is it? Is it Michael Rodriguez? I, I was just about to make that exact joke. <laughs> <laughs> In different cities. I won't say which. I don't think I'll give it away. New York, New York. This person was born. Maybe I brought. Maybe what if I, I just instantly uh, knew? There was only one baby born that day. <laughs> you have tipped your hand, good sir. You have fallen into my traps. <laughs> 58 credits. Where do we want to start? 56. Yeah. Irresistible. Nope. <laughs> no, that comes out. That's not out yet. Oh, okay. It definitely is. It already happened. Nope. Nope is not out yet. That was the funny joke. I was oh, making. nope. My yeah. bad. That's the, I missed the joke. It was 43. It's advanced. It's jokes like that that's going to keep us ahead of Rachel Brosnahan. 43, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Hold up. Workaholics. Are we allowed to ask if it looks like it's maybe one episode or if it's several episodes? Ooh, uh, I will say I don't remember this person. So I don't think it was several episodes. I don't remember this person being in Workaholics. How we feel about going like a 28? Yeah. A vintage. Yeah. 28. The old 2-8. Predators. Well. Mm. Unhelpful. Who do we think is Michelle Rodriguez's secret <clears throat> twin brother? 44 years old. Ben Warhol. Ben Predators. Did you say 28? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, did you count wrong? help you much. I did. Well, the giant mechanical man. Oh. Yeah, oh, no, I know I that, that one. Movie. There you go. I don't know that one. Hmm. Uh, his second credit, even though it says uncredited, was Ocean's Eleven. Hmm. Hmm. Is there any chance that this is Topher Grace? Is Topher uncredited in Ocean's Eleven? Oh yeah, I guess it would have been one of the one of the celebs, huh? Yeah, he's the he's the main one at the poker game. Yeah, an uncredited role, but that was his second ever credit. Would that have been like mm. only that 70s show and then an uncredited role as himself no, in Ocean? It would have been far enough later that he would have done something else. Yeah. yeah Who else is at the poker game? Because I feel like that's where the uncredited Gotta stuff be comes in. There, yeah. Unless it's an athlete of some kind. Being in Predators would lead me to believe that this is a big buff man. Mm, a muscle boy. A there, punch is boy. A, there is a boxing match in Ocean's Eleven. Could be one of the boxers. Well, luckily, we both know every single famous athlete by name and height and weight and statistics, so we can just think of them and name them. Dude, I, I got no idea. I have nothing. Yeah, I have, I'm completely lost. No guesses? Uh, no. Wait, wait, hang on. I have a guess. Yeah. Peyton Manning. Yeah, sure. It's Peyton Manning. Lock it in. I think so. Happy 44th birthday, Topher Grace. Shut up. You're kidding Isn't me. That crazy? The only credit before that was Traffic, the movie Traffic. He had not even done Ocean's Eleven. Was uh, he had done he had done Ocean's Twelve before uh, that seventy show? That can't be right. Not a chance. That can't be right. 
When did that 70s show air? Oh, why did they credit it that way? That's weird. They probably credit it. Like, they credit at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, because he's, in, order he's playing it 98 himself. to 2006. He's playing yeah, yeah, himself yeah. in Ocean's that Eleven as a celebrity. That to me completely upside down. Yeah, 70s show, even though that's, Gosh, that shouldn't be it. that way. It's actually his 14th credit for some reason, that 70s show, because it started in 98. Okay, that, So we, we won, though. You would have The only it. reason yeah. we didn't you get won. it is because Ocean's was his second credit. That's the only reason, and there's no other reason, and I wouldn't accept it if anybody thought there was a different reason. Of course not. Of course not. Do you want to play another game? Sure. Does it feel like... Yeah, sure. Do we have time? I have, I have... Do we have time? I can't remember how much... Sometimes we bebop around and my recording time isn't the same. I didn't set a timer. Oh, this is on no. me. I'm, this is on I'm me. okay with whatever we choose to yeah. do. We are about at a our, normal mini Monday length. Actually, a little over. Do you know? Do you know actually who, then if they were not. on a podcast, who wouldn't care how long it was? Rachel, Rachel. Brosnahan, my enemy. Then we need to play. Yeah, we're gonna play some Jolf. Okay, just a little. We gotta play a little just bit a, of Jolf. These games can last not long at all. Jolf has 22 strokes that these guys uh, can use here to try and not go over. They want to to stay within those 22 strokes. Uh, and what we do is I give them a movie on Flickster slash Rotten Tomatoes, and they get to decide whether they want to do the audience score or the critic score, and they try and stay as close to that percentage as possible without going over their allotted strokes. Whoever stays under uh, those allotted strokes wins. Can I make a with, suggestion with the, for today that we play Tell critic me. score, Jolf? Because audience score, everybody's like, loved it. Morbius, I think we have always crazy about score. it. Critic score Jolf, it is. We're going to do Wait, some more research. If we stuff. name our podcast Critical Jolf, we'll probably get some confused people who listen to it, and then we can have a big, famous podcast. Am I crazy? Yeah. Hasn't every round of Jolf been critic score? It has. Every but, now and then, you've always you had pick, the opportunity yeah. to pick the audience score. We've just never done oh. it. I'm saying let's he let's stay the course. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm with, I thought you were being well, like, let's get crazy and do critic score. <laughs> we're going to start with everything, everywhere, all at once. Ew. Okay. The Jolf Interesting. score. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. 92. Yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense to me. To keep it interesting, I'm going to go 89. The score, the critic score is 95. Yeah. Whoa. Percent. Deserving. Fresh. Deserving. Doge's score is at 19. Jordan's is at 16. We're still very much in this. Uh, the Hawk family is doing... Uh, very well. Mm-hmm. They've got yes. a lot of work recently. We talked about Moonlight. Moon Moonlight. Yeah. We talked about Moon Knight. Moonlight is a movie, critically acclaimed. Very good movie. <laughs> Just not this one. Uh, very different from Moon Knight. And then obviously his uh, daughter, who's all about them Stranger Things, and honestly one of my favorite characters yeah. in mm-hmm. Stranger yep. Things. Let's talk about Black Phone, a yeah. horror okay. movie. Yeah. Okay. Recently came out, starring Sir Ethan, uh, knighted by the two chunks. Sir Ethan of Hawk. <laughs> Her, Sir Ethan of, of Hawk. Hawkins, even perhaps mm. of Hawkins. Very well done, uh, Jordan. Why don't you go first, Jordan? Yeah. Have you seen this? Have you seen the Black Phone? I've not I yet. I want to see it. I probably I want will. to see it really bad. Yeah, I've heard good things. Um, critic score, Black Phone. Let's go eighty-three percent, seventy-seven. The critic score for Black Phone sounds like it's worth a Bing, Bing, Bing. Eighty-three percent. Whoa. Jordan doesn't move at all. The he stays first at hole 16. in one. Is wow. The first hole in one. First hole I think in so. One. I think it is. Jordan stays at 16. Doge, not too far off, but down to 13. Okay. So it's time for another movie. 
Marcel the Shell with shoes oh. on. <laughs> George, uh, Doge, you start us off. You know, I think they're going to love it. I think they're going to give it an, an 88. I only know that it is absurdly high because I have heard someone say that it's an insanely high rating for this movie. Hmm. I'm going to go with 100. <laughs> with, uh, let me count how many critics. With 95. So 95 is pretty high for a, uh, what I would still consider to be, it's A24, kind of indie film, less than 90 minutes long. 99%. Yeah. Wow. Dude, rating. I have heard, I have heard uh, that this is going to be regarded as like the new Paddington, how everybody holds Paddington Bear up yeah. as like the wholesome, the most wholesome, perfect, beautiful movie. Yep. Apparently Our game that's what this is going to be. is not over. Jordan is at 15. <laughs> Doge is at two. Yeah. Now, mind you, the last two rounds, Jordan has only lost one stroke. Yeah. So it's possible, and we saw it just very recently. So our next movie is going to be Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Is that the most recent one? It is. The okay. Secrets of Grimblegrumb. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, Gorbledung, Gorbledunger's magic book. <laughs> we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go forever with these bad Harry Potter spinoffs. George, you start. You start. You start. Um, critic score for Grumbles of Grimblegreeb. Uh, I'm gonna go with fifty-two percent. Critic score for Fantastic Beefs. Thirty-one. Yeah, go for broke, baby. The actual score was forty-six. Oh, they loved it. They thought it was great. 46%. Some of the best Joff we've ever seen. Yeah. Jordan wins with nine left in the bag. Wow. Doge goes down to negative 13. Yeah. By uh, underestimating you know what? the cribs of Gomblefox. If I, if, I had, <laughs> if I had Shia LaBeouf as my caddy, I think I probably could have done better. Yeah. An old-timey yes. newspaper boy hat. I That's forgot all you. What was it? Beef worship? What does Shia LaBeouf mean? Praise one of our very first praise, praise, God, praise for God for beef. Pra- beef worship is not the same as <laughs> praise God for beef, I don't think. To end today's episode, <laughs> I would like you to give to me your each name. each take the, turns praising God for beef. For beef. Praise God for beef. Uh, I would like to give me your name and then give me the title, uh, the cinematic title of the next installment of the Harry Potter uh, <laughs> series. I'm Carter, and it's Dobby Returns, the Schminkle of Dinglehopper. Yeah. It does feel ironic to have to think about gibberish. I know. <laughs> I'm Doge, and coming soon to a theater near you is Fantastic Beasts 11, colon, oh no, I need to buy another house, says Warner Brothers. And it's weird <laughs> that that's the actual title of the movie, but what you don't know unless you watch the post credit scene of Fantastic Beasts 12, which releases a year later, is that that's a magic spell that unleashes the world eater that they have to stop in Fantastic Beasts 39. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're not too far off from ridiculous post credit things like that for series. Fantastic Beasts, colon, The Vault of Lemony Snickets. Oh, a crossover. Ooh. No, I just think Lemony Snicket sounds like a <laughs> Harry Potter does. name to me.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.